Welcome to Top 5, a show where we rank things, we categorize things, we list things, because everyone loves a list. This week, this comes from one of our listeners, and I want to get to uh, to this because it uh, is um, somewhat relevant. Um, now, of course, I, I lose it right as soon as we get uh, recording. Uh, <laughs> okay, so here it is from Crystal. She says, top five practical fantasy sci-fi items, not weapons, but practical items like the instant portable vehicles and buildings from Capsule Core. That's huh, this I don't week. Know what that is. I don't know what either. those are it's, either. It's from Dragon Ball Z. Oh, okay. Oh. It's like it's like a thing that you drop on the ground and it turns into a like a building mm-hmm. or a car or a motorcycle. That's cool. I like All I know about Dragon Ball is people named after vegetables fight people named after underwear. Huh. Yes. That is, or, that is or, literally all I know. Or musical instruments. What, you don't wear musical instruments as underwear? Just once, but I got arrested. Yeah, that happens. Alright, I'm going to start off with my number five. <laughs> Elven cloaks from Lord of the Rings. Hmm. Now, these aren't invisibility cloaks, but if you remember from the movie, especially when they're crawling across the, uh, the gray waste, um and uh, Sauron and everybody else is looking for them. These uh, elven cloaks, they can throw over themselves, and they instantly blend into the environment, seamlessly into the environment. So they're out in a gray, rocky waste. They throw it over their heads and uh, over their bodies, and they look like every other rock um, scattering the landscape. And no one can find them. That's super practical. Yeah, that's good. It's somewhat fantasy-like. Yeah. And so that is my number five. Top five practical fantasy sci-fi items. Matthew, what do you have for your number five? My number five is actually one of the most iconic and ubiquitous, ridiculously implausible, but incredibly useful science fiction devices of all time. Okay. Uh, 1960, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Gene Roddenberry's putting together this show, and he's like, okay, I got, I got a very little budget. So I can't do rockets landing and taking off and landing and taking off. How am I going to get my people down to the planet? So they put a little room and they put little balls on the floor and they have a guy pushing buttons and the guy goes beep, boop, beep, boop. And they suddenly teleport. They transport down to the planet. And where they, then they appear on the planet. You don't have to do any, you know, complicated spaceship shots. It's just a little crossfade. You can do that with your Grass Valley switcher that you use to blow up Alderaan. But it really is a brilliant device, and it's so ridiculously powerful. It's one of those things that is just, it, it, it's so perfect. It's like the combustion engine. It's like electricity. It's something that is so wound into these people's lives that they don't realize that every time they get in that transplanter, it's like a literal miracle. But from a writer's perspective, it's wonderful. It gets you around any number of ridiculous, you know, problems. How do we get down to the planet? How do we get back from the planet? Then, of course, you get into the stories. How do we get bounced into a parallel universe? Exactly. Then you have the stories where they're like, well, how do we get around how powerful the transporter is? exactly. That's kind of another story. For me, though, my number five is brilliant simply because when you start out 1966 and Spock and Kirk step on the transporter... And they beam down to planet Alpha Omicron SETI-12, where the the exploding squirrels attack. There hadn't been a whole lot like that before, and it's become so 
iconic. It's become so, you know, beam me up, Scotty. Say that to your grandmother. She will get that joke. And that there, that, that ubiquity is why the transporter from Star Trek is my number five, whatever the long title of this episode is. Excellent. Rodrigo, Excellent. what do you have? Uh, my number five is a fantasy item. Um, and it is a bag of holding from hey. your dungeon-style oh, type I am dragons. familiar with that. Uh, yeah, bags of holding, uh, you know, handy haversacks, that sort of thing, because um, I think that nowadays we can put a thousand music in one place, but yes. um, we still can't put like a thousand, I don't know. Chips? Cupcakes? Yeah, potato chips. <laughs> In one place, actually, a thousand potato chips is not that much, but <laughs> no, no. that's really not. Um, I can put that in my stomach. Is yeah. what I'm saying. So you know, it would be nice to have some sort of extra dimensional place to keep like a lot of gaming books and dice and miniatures, um, since clearly I've proven myself to be a giant nerd simply by saying bag of holding. <laughs> um, one of us. Yeah. One of us. So yes, Good my yeah, my number five bag of holding. Excellent. Nice. Zach, uh, my number five, we kicked off our list yeah, with yeah. three really good items. Well, here's mine. Mine uh, is is an item that some shows would want you to believe is a real item, but um, us in, in the production biz or you know people that know computers and stuff uh, know it is clearly sci-fi. And my number five, I have titled The Enhance Machine. <laughs> where <laughs> where you, someone just keeps yelling enhance so they can see the finest details of oh, a picture yeah, yeah. and or video. Uh, <laughs> totally not a thing, but man, would it be cool if it was. Cause Are you like calling no CIS a liar? Well, I'm not calling them truthful. Because, um, like, you know, you'll want to scale a picture up. But dang it, it's just not high res enough. But if I could just yell enhance, then bam. Now it works for any aspect ratio size I need. <laughs> that is the future that we all want. Spoken like a man who you would never had have to worry about. Uh, never be like, oh, we didn't. We need this next film in 4K, but we only shot in 1080p. Don't worry, we'll just run it through the enhance machine. <laughs> enhance machine. <laughs> Everything's crystal clear. There you go. That's my number five. That's good enough. Good, 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 good job. One. That's a very good one. So my number four. If you've seen the movie Aliens, uh, poor Ripley, after she's been uh, rescued and told that she has to go back into space, uh, is only able to find work as a loading dock worker, right? Mm -hmm. But in the future, we have exoskeleton lifters. So the giant exosuit that helps you lift thousands of pounds without having to have a giant forklift around, um, I think is highly practical. And, and, you know, almost probably here. I know they have something... Something similar to this um, that's in the works, but uh, even though it was used as a weapon in the movie, not a sure, weapon here. Sure. So not not meant as a weapon. Not meant as a weapon. Yes, um, yes. but uh, if you need to crush somebody's head or a alien's head, you could certainly <laughs> someone, do that. Someone just jumps away with these giant exoskeleton. Uh, what are they called? Exo exo lifters or whatever they're called from exo, uh, from the alien movies. Exos. That is my number four. Matthew? My number four is similar uh -huh. to your number four in that okay. it also comes from a future science fiction frasomstet. Right. And it does also involve mechanized type things. And 
if you've ever listened to any of our major spoilers podcasts, you know that occasionally Stephen and I will butt heads. What? And that's because Never. Stephen and I, for the past 25 years, have had the, the unique privilege of being the biggest, smartest dork in any given room, so long as it's not the same damn room. And we butt heads over one thing, I think, more than anything else, and that is the existence of the Star Wars prequel trilogy. However... In that prequel trilogy, in the very first movie, I believe, there is a moment that involves my number four that is a beautiful Star Wars moment, one of the few in the first trilogy, as far as I'm concerned. Jar Jar Binks is not an item. Something terrible happens, and the ship's (laughs) on fire, and the ship is going to crash, and they're all going to die, and all of a sudden, little door in the hull comes up, and out walks R2-D2, the astromech droid, and he slides across the hull, and he fixes the ship, and he slides back in, and he goes back into the hold. He's he's like a robot sailor, but he's not just a sailor. He's also the you know the doctor. He's also the all-in-one multi-tool. He's also a genius and the most filthy character in the history of the universe because every single word he says is bleeped. But the astromech droid, the little droid that has everything has a space for your lightsaber, has an arm to do this, has rockets and jets and things that it can do when you get the CGI that aren't just, you know, Kenny Baker, God love him. Kenny Baker's a wonderful human being, and he sat inside that tin can for months at a time. But in that first trilogy, we got to see R2 really being full-fledged astromech droid, and he's flat-out awesome. And since I don't consider Star Wars droids to be people, forgive me, he is my item number four. Astromech or R2-D2 specifically? An astromech droid. I wouldn't want R2-D2 because R2-D2 is clearly too stubborn. I would want like R53-D7-5. Um, but you know, in, but you know in episode one, when all the droids are out there on the ship at the same time, like... One of them's like yeah, totally like scared, yeah. and one of them doesn't want to do it. And R two's like, "Hey, hey, yeah, you hey. listen, <laughs> do what the hell I'm telling you, you to do." You sh- Asteroid you blast shocks. him, knocks uh, him off the ship. Oh well, <laughs> you over there, get to work. No, yeah. no, no, no. But that's that's the thing, though. R two is an example of how you know you can do it really well. But those other guys who died, we don't know who they are. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I'm sure they have a designation. Oh, and yes. I'm sure there was a toy made from you them. You can find it at Wikipedia. Wikipedia. When I was a kid, I couldn't ever get the R2-D2. I had the red one with the square head, R5-D4. Yeah. And I always kind of liked him better because, A, he's red, and, B, they didn't tell me everything about him, so I got to make up his own history and make him awesomer. So I want R5-D4. I think That's Leland, what I what's his name, Leland... Chi, is that his name? Probably has a back history for that character somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure there yeah. is. That, that's the one that they end up not buying, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uncle, there's Uncle actually. Owen, this droid's yeah, got a bad actually, there's kind of a huge history around that droid, which I'm not going to go into <laughs> because I don't want to ruin it for Matthew. But, Matthew, if you ever want to ruin your childhood by looking up that droid story, it's, it's a R- big deal. Five. You you guys go. You guys keep going. I'm gonna look up R5D4 and ruin my childhood. It's a great place. Wikipedia. All right. My number four is uh, probably gets called lots of different things, but uh, in the world of Shadowrun, uh, it's called Skillsoft, and basically it's a port that goes in your head. 
and you can plug in different skills. So you can plug in a, an ability to cook better. You can plug in a different language. You can plug in other stuff. Um, if you've uh, watched The Matrix, you know, it's that kind right, of right, thing right. where they just uh, load in a program and you know Kung oh, Fu. I learned Kung Fu. Right. So um, obviously that would be great to have. It would be very useful if you know what sort of situation you're getting into ahead of time. Um, you can be like, oh, I'm going to need to speak to people who speak French. I will load up French. Um, or, or as in a future probably munchkin land. Dutch, since we have no oh, yeah, idea yeah. what that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yes. Um, Skillsoft would actually make things really easy. You know, you talk about... Um, not to... Well, actually, I don't, I don't want to potentially steal anybody's thunder. So, we'll, we'll just leave it there. Go ahead. Skillsoft. Steal the thunder. I, I was going to say, you know, you talk about uh, kind of like universal translators. You know, we're oh, talking yeah, about yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You know, universal translators and stuff. And, and, and this is something that could take that place as well if you couldn't have... A full-on universal translator. As long as you knew what you were, who you were going to be speaking to ahead of time, you could actually just do that. Cool. I like it. I like it. Zach, uh, my number four is uh, is my uh, first mode of transportation on this list, and then uh, my only fantasy-based item, I believe. Um, it comes from the land of Harry Potter, and one of the greatest uh, traveling devices I think they had in uh, that realm was their brooms and the best one of all the firebolt so i would just want to i'm really big on like modes of transportation that don't allow me to like fill up with gas yeah yeah because <laughs> they are cheaper and better for the planet and all that good stuff so i feel like if we just had uh, a firebolt uh, i think it allows me to get to higher altitudes than say a hoverboard would and um, faster than a hoverboard and you can play cool games on it and stuff. Not that you could on the hoverboard, but, you know, um, not so much with goals up in the air. So I think a Firebolt would be pretty dang cool if you're looking for a Christmas present for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Um, no. My number three is also a mode of transportation. Um, probably a little bit better than a, than a, than a broom. Because, you know, that thing could rub you the wrong way if you're sitting wrong on it or if it's not <laughs> lacquered sand. and polished just right you and you're wearing right. shorts what what mine is aladdin's flying carpet Ooh. because now you have this big carpet that you can just sit on and it can coast around mm-hmm. and you got the breeze in your hair but but has a, and a, a little a, bit of a turbulence or rocking motion to let you go to sleep so you can nah. take a nap and then wake up at your destination but but fortunately equipped with a similar physics defying <laughs> engine of some <laughs> yes, kind yes. as the as the flying broom yes yeah. exactly but you have to be careful in case someone pees on your carpet who would do that i don't know bad people <laughs> All right, Lebowski. <laughs> uh, Matthew, what do you have as your number three? My number three is not a weapon. And when you specifically said this is not a weapon, I, I suspected that there was going to be some discussion of whether my number three was, in fact, a weapon. Is it a gun? But, no. <laughs> is it a lightsaber? No. Luckily for me... No. Luckily for a me, knife? I would not do two Star Wars in a top five list. What am I, Rob? No, <laughs> not even here to defend himself. <laughs> I know, oh, man. Well, damn it! I have to be mean to somebody, and you and I are on good terms this week. So, um, no, my number three is not a weapon. By 
dint of the creator himself saying to himself, why are you waving that thing around? It's not a weapon. What are you going to do? Assemble a cabinet at them? In the far-flung future of the year 1968, the young man, once known as Theta Sigma, was stuck on a sea base off the coast of England, and so he had to create something to get him around, to something that he could use to break through doors and unlock things and reattach barbed wire. And so the man then known as the doctor created his sonic screwdriver. And the sonic screwdriver became his incredibly iconic device to the point where there were several times, and I want to say the fourth doctor was bad for this, but also the ninth and especially the tenth, where the sonic screwdriver was so incredibly useful that it was maybe a little too useful. Again, kind of like my number five, they needed to I'll, dial it down. I don't a bit. think it's a I'll, weapon. I'll agree. I don't think yeah. it's a weapon, though. No, I wouldn't no, qualify no, as a no, weapon. No. I, I think it's very. They they. I think the times when the sonic screwdriver is used as a weapon, it feels very mm-hmm. forced to me. It feels yeah. like they just couldn't come up with a better reason. Now that's yeah. that's different from them from like the doctor plugging it into like some sort of. Uh, like loudspeaker and like temporarily stunning people. That's mm-hmm. I don't see that as a big deal. But every once in a while, he'll just turn around and like zap a Dalek with it, mm-hmm. and I think that yeah. that annoys me. I don't like it when that happens. That does. And the the moment where uh, the tenth and eleventh doctors are waving their screwdrivers around, and John Hurt is standing there, and he's like, "What are you doing? What's wrong with you people?" Mm. And it, I I love that moment simply because they were trying. To, to con people into thinking, essentially, in character, mm-hmm. that it was a weapon. But and I really do like the fact that he has this incredibly useful device. And the little jokes like, uh, you setting 2844, that's to reattach barbed wire. Those are great, so long as they are not like the point of the show. But I really, I really enjoy just the idea of the sonic screwdriver. And some of the designs are just truly bizarre. The 11th Doctor Sonic is brilliant. At one point, I had a Wiimote that was that design mm. with the flippy on the, the claw on the one end and everything. No idea how this thing works. Probably couldn't ever work, but it's really awesome. It's a really great sci-fi item slash thing that is not a weapon. My number three, the Sonic Screwdriver. Cool. Good number three. Rodrigo, what yeah. do you have? Uh, my number three is an, an item that I think after you get done watching... Uh, both movies that it appears in, um, you kind of end up thinking to yourself, well, maybe it's a good thing that this item doesn't exist. But still, in the process, everybody seems to have so much fun with it that you really kind of want it around. And I'm talking about Flubber. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, New Flubber or Old Flubber? I would prefer Old Flubber. Um, Not the Flubber that dances around with yeah, Robin Williams. And I, I, and I guess... Uh, if I recall, in the Robin Williams movie, the flubber dances presumably because it like it's being harmonized, and so like its reaction is to like turn into a little man and dance, you know. Sure. Because if you see like the ads, really took it all over the right, place, right? right? Like the trailers and the ads were like really crazy with the dancing flubber. But I think in the movie, it's like, oh, if you play music at it, it kind of turns into a little dancing oh, okay. guy, which. Again, Flubber has every property, right? Right, right, right. It's like right. super elastic, but also sticky. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, like it, it gives you back more energy that you put into it. So you're um, talking Fred McMurray Flubber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, which was, what was the name of that movie? Was it Absolute? 
No, the, no, the, I was the, the absent man is professor. Yeah, yeah. Was that it? Yeah. 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 And there was Son of Flubber, but that's right. probably something right. best forgotten. Um so yeah. Uh Flubber is is a a substance that again, like a lot of our stuff here, vi- wildly violates the laws of physics. Um mm. but it's the sort of thing that if if its properties could be actually applied would be like a huge boon to society because again mm-hmm. f- i think flubber's primary feature is that somehow it gives you more energy than you put in if you right. you know if you throw it on the ground it bounces up higher than the amount of energy that you threw it with it, right so, it defies the second and third right laws right exactly it, yeah so yes uh, i wish that we had flubber around because i think if we did uh, it would be no problem to get to Mars. Right. Um, the problem would probably just be landing in Mars and not bouncing <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hit Mars, you bounce back to Mercury. Just love how and it made that cool sound for the engine when it's self-contained in that pressure cooker. Also, great for sports. Yep. Revolutionized basketball. on the bottom of your shoes. Yep. You know what we're talking about, Zach? I mean, I saw the Robin Williams movie. Is it the same basic same story? It is. It is a similar sort story. Of. There's more characters in the Robin Williams one, and I mean the the first one is called the Absent-Minded Professor, and I feel that it is a lot more about the character. I think the Robin Williams one they did focus a lot more on doing wacky things with the flubber. Right. The first one is like a story about this basically giant nerd who's really bad at things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Except inventing flubber. There you go. Gets the girl in the end. Yep. All right, Zach. Number three for you. Number three. Uh, again, I really don't have a name for this, and I kind of have a s- specific thing in mind. I mean, it's totally a sci-fi thing, but it's um, not necessarily a cloning machine, but more of like a human part remaker, duplicator. Oh. So, like, you lose your arm, it makes you your arm Like back. a biological 3D printer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which um, we're they getting close to, which we're getting close to being able to put that i mean it's yes. like a couple of decades away and maybe you, even maybe, sooner. maybe even sooner uh but that'll be happening um uh, so i'm kind of i think a, a full-fledged cloning machine um is a great idea my only problem is like it's just gonna be used like the military is gonna have like 50 of them and they're gonna make a bajillion human fighting <laughs> machines and right. so that's you know that's a whole thing um but i like the idea of i lost my arm I can grow my arm back. Mm-hmm. Like it comes in whatever flavor it is, it grows like laser lines and builds the flesh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm cool with that because um, that would be awesome in case, you know, something tragic happens in a car wreck to me or someone I love, someone you love, they lose a limb. Hey, guess what? We can now grow it back. And uh, I mean, prosthetics are getting um, really crazy. great now, pretty crazy now. Yep. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of good things happening uh, in that field of science medicine and so this one is not uh too far-fetched okay uh, you press on limb there you go my number two is from the world of harry potter but not a broom mm-hmm. instead not. probably car. the best way to get around in the harry potter network or universe the flu network simply take your little powder throw it into the fireplace step through, say where you want to go, and you step out on the other side. That is good. Brilliant, brilliant way of getting around. Or sneaking into the uh, Ministry of Magic if you uh, decide you want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what <laughs> fool would want to do is try to no, sneak into know. the Ministry of Magic, especially with you-know-who know. in charge. Yeah. 
You'd have um, to be an idiot. But definitely, the flu network is very, very cool and deserves a spot on my number two. Was there workarounds yep. for not yeah. having a fireplace? Can't remember off the top of my head. I don't remember. I think I, everybody. Oh, yeah, because at one point didn't they like use a teapot or something when they were going to the in book three? Like, yeah, this is fireplacing. Yeah, I I, yeah, I'm sure there was. I just I can't something. remember off the top of my head. I think it was a boot. I forget but, what it was. It, but I'd be worried because oh, no, Harry that was uh, a different thing to get to the world cup. Oh, okay. It. Yeah, like that's a that's a plot point. Right yeah, early yeah. on, they kind of mispronounce where they're going. Right, yeah, right, they right. Know. And, and, and they Harry nearly gets else. murdered in Nocturne Alley. So yeah. I mean, you got to be careful with that thing. Right. See, and that's the thing. That's uh, I, I think it's a definitely a good choice, but specifically in the wizarding world of Harry <laughs> Potter, where everything yeah. has such rebonculous names. Yes, yes. Like Rebonculus Alley, <laughs> um, you can end up in a lot of Yeah, you can end up in a lot of different places accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> that's my number two and I'm sticking with it no no no, no it's, I, it, it is a great one it's cool I'd hate to see where Zach ends up <laughs> uh, Matthew you're number two well he does have that weird Quinter accent my number two he and, keeps winding uh, for up those... at, like uh, Castle Rock no matter exactly. what he says <laughs> no matter what happens out there in the field outstanding in his field and if you don't know what this is, kids, well, I don't know what to tell you because it isn't even on the Wikipedia. Okay, where were we? Number two. When we talk about practical fantasy sci-fi type items, I am a superhero nerd. I am a superhero nerd of old school capacity, meaning that I actually considered putting Todd Holton's Super Green Beret on the list before I realized even even I'm not that far gone. But... There is one particular device that I think I would really like to have. I have always said that if I was to have a superpower, I would want to have all the powers. And so my number two is the transformation device from Kaizoku Sentai Go Kaija, the Mobirates. It's a mobile device for pirates, hence Mobirates. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, welcome to Japan. They do that with words all the time. It'll drive you up the wall. But in any case, if you have one of these devices, you can literally channel the powers of any one of 200-odd previous superheroes. So aside from being, you know, a, a kick-ass super ninja from outer space, which I obviously am, I mean, come on, look at me, I would have the ability to channel any given superhero power set just by sticking a key in my cell phone. I mean, yes, I, I like my Motorola Razor, and I like the fact that I can go and do all sorts of cool stuff with it, but it has never turned me into, uh, you know, Turbo Ranger Red. And so it is inferior, but only just, and at least it's better than that iPhone my wife has. My number two, the transformation the cell phone, cell phone, um, Pirates. You should totally get one, Steve. I hear they're available on the AT&T network. So now. why uh, why this Mobirates thing instead of the uh, Dial H for Hero device? Well, there's actually a thought process behind that. I considered the Dial H device, but you remember how when Robbie Reed and or Chris and uh, Kelly or whomever dials, they get random powers right. for an hour. Mm-hmm. You could be, you know, the super powerful Cometeer, or you could be Zeep the Living Sponge. You have no control over what happens when you dial H-E-R-O. Mm. 
with the Mobirates, I could choose the appropriate power set for any situation, and I'd still have the ability to be the equivalent of Zeep the Living Sponge if you know I so desired. But I would have more control, and I would also have much cooler costumes. And I don't know if you know this, if you're uh, if you're a Power Ranger in Japan, you have lots of friends, and some of them are super pretty girls who follow <laughs> you. I see. You know, <laughs> Robbie Reed never had. Gokai Yellow following him around. So, I mean, clear, clearly. Sure. Superior, right there. Also, also, Ben Tennyson pretty much only hangs out with his cousin. Yeah. So, she's right. pretty hot, too. So, yeah, but they're cousins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> First cousins at that. Uh, and it's a sci fi premise. Yeah, have you seen his uh, tennis star uh, girlfriend? Uh, yeah, I think so. So, yeah, all right, all right. If I was going to go with the Ben 10 verse, though, I'd be Kevin 11 because. <laughs> this one goes to eleven. Yeah. Rodrigo, where are we at to number two? Number two. Uh, my number two is another uh, kind of D and D riff. Um, I wish that I could have a shirt plus one. Um, <laughs> so uh, if you're not if you're not familiar, uh, does that mean listeners. like if you get you can invite to a wedding and it says plus one, you can put this shirt on and you're covered? Yes, that's right. Nobody makes <laughs> fun of me for going alone because my shirt is plus one. <laughs> Now, uh, in Dungeons and Dragons, um, you have uh, this thing called an armor class, which is right. how difficult it is to stab you, right. basically. Um, and when you start getting magic items, they just have—they generally just have a numeric value. So you get armor, you get mundane armor, and then as you start getting magical armor, you you have armor plus one, plus two, plus three. Um, Usually, that's just that you know. In, in the world of Dungeons and Dragons, that's the case. However, there have been um, kind of uh, transports of Dungeons and Dragons mechanics into the real world. Uh, one of which is D twenty Modern, which actually the magic item section uh, and that is really great. Um, you you see a lot of stuff like enchanted guns and right, right, like right. paint that makes your car go faster and things like that. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that they have is just regular street clothes that are tougher, make you harder to be attacked or hurt. So a shirt plus one is just you know a regular shirt, but uh, it actually makes it significantly more difficult for you to get hurt while you're wearing it. So for the sake of how clumsy I am. Or really, again, it's you're, like stains. Like if you're eating a hot dog. Does your shirt yeah, plus I, one also repel stains? I, it doesn't. It only if only if the 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 attacking stain uh, could have missed you with a with a with one point of armor class. Oh, there you go. With this shirt, would you have just stood like a rock when that football player charged at you at the sidelines? Or it would have nope. allowed me to dodge. dodge. It kind of goes <laughs> yeah. either way. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I was... I, it, it was close. So yes, if I had been wearing a shirt plus one, maybe I would not have had to wear my brace <laughs> plus one. Does give you plus two, though? I mean... Yeah, I mean, it, it, it depends It depends on how it all worked out. And then again, yeah. you know, if you start getting into people having magic items like that, um, I'm sure the uh, Sol- Solomon uh, Varsity team would have... <laughs> Sprung for you know helmets plus one, oh, sure. so it would have just <laughs> evened out. Yeah. yeah. So yes, uh, shirt plus one. All right, Zach. Uh, mine and number two could well. I I had two specific things in mind. So my number two is holographic blank. So holographic whatever, like TV movies, whatever. But mm. I had two specific holographic 
Technicolor rainbow shirt. Absolutely, sure. Uh, but the two I had specifically <laughs> had in mind were uh, the holographic uh, like astronomy thing they do in Attack of the Clones, where they're trying to find um, the clone planet. Mm-hmm. They put the little ball on top of the pedestal, and mm-hmm. the galaxies erupt around the room. I thought that was really cool. But uh, my favorite holographic use, and it comes from Star Wars again, is the holographic chess machine. In uh, A New Hope, mm-hmm. I'm down with that. Um, my dad had an old Apple computer when he used to teach uh, yeah. back in Colby, and they had a great uh, chess program on there where the pieces actually fought when you then... I can't find mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Looked for it forever. I can't find it on any emulators online, but uh, that reminds me of the holographic uh, chess board from Star Wars A New Hope. And that's nice. what I would like. Yep, very cool. Very practical. Let, let the Wookiee win, though. Yep, there you go. Yeah. All right, everybody, it is time for our number ones. And mine is the most practical of all sci-fi items that are not weapons. It is from Star Trek, and it is the Replicator. Mm. Need something to eat? The Replicator's got it for you. Need to make a new doohickey for your gizmo? Replicator will do it for you. Wow, that's very useful. I know. Mike Replicator. I need a new doohickey. Right away, sir. There it is. Doohickey for my gizmo. Hot. <laughs> <laughs> Your doohickey is ready. Replicator. I don't know. I think everybody knows what it is. The Thanks. only thing that I'd be afraid of is Grey Goo if, you know, if the little... Uh, Micro machines got all out of control and started self-replicating uncontrollably. Are those little cars? Do they talk like yeah, the yeah. micro machine man. Yes, they because do. That would be really cool. That would be the one I thing that would make the funny. replicator not practical. But yes, the replicator, the most practical fantasy and sci-fi item ever. Matthew, I believe that I might be able to top you. No. In terms of practicality. No. Depending on your definition. Because, you know, the replicator can come in all shapes and sizes. It can come the size of a little microwave like a unit. Mm-hmm. It can be a big Depending. one the size of a house. So like if you need to replicate a house, one. then Depending it's got that. on your definition <laughs> of the word practical. And here's why. In the year 2958, a couple of teenagers came together and saved the lives of a really, really rich guy. And in return, this really rich guy said, we're going to buy you this uh, headquarters that looks like a rocket ship. We're going to give you these things, and you're going to have one of these, and you're going to run around. And about halfway through that, they put their brains together with all their other superhero team friends, and they created what I consider to be the most practical science fiction-type item in the history of the universe, the Legion Flight Ring. Now, Zach, are you familiar? No, I bet a replicator could make a Legion Flight Ring. It could not. Are you familiar with the X-Men? I have heard of this team you speak of. You know that the X-Men have powers, right? And there's a founding X-Men called the Angel, right? Well, I didn't know that specifically, but thanks for the information. Okay. Do you know what the Angel's power is? Um, To save people from their sins. He flies. (laughs) The Angel's power is he flies. And don't, don't, don't. Don't dogma me. <laughs> Never. Anyway, <laughs> he flies. That is his only superpower, right? That's really lame. Well, it's not the really flight lame, but... ring yeah. gives that power as an aside to anyone. The flight ring makes Bouncing Boy the equal of Superboy. It makes Matter Eater Lad a superhero of equivalent power to Wildfire. But not only allowing you to fly, 
It's a communication device. It's a secret emergency signal device that you can use to bring your friends to your side. If you leave the atmosphere of the Earth, which, by the way, you can do with your flight ring, it surrounds you in a trans suit, which is an invisible, indestructible bubble that provides oxygen and allows you to not die in the void of space. This is like the greatest thing ever, and it's just a ring. You just put it on, and you're like, oh, I'm a bouncing boy, and I'm a superhero. Yuck. <laughs> Seriously, in the future, Zach, being able to fly is just a cool side effect of this awesome device that they want you to have. Because we've all evolved into birds. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Even even the fat guys who are like, hi, I'm Chuck. My dad has a Camaro, so they let me in the team. This 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 you you have to understand for a nerd like me what this means, Zach. No, I, 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 flying is I'm cool, a, dude. I think it is cool. The Legion Flight Ring, my number one top five practical science fiction items. I was really low on the fantasy, but all of my favorite oh, fantasy yeah. stuff was weapons. Oh, yeah, no, no, that, that works. No, I understand. It's kind of hard because a lot of the things that you instantly think about yeah, are weapons, you know, like blasters, oh, yeah, sure. ion guns, it's rail like, guns. Yeah, it's like, is, oh, I need, to, is... I need to bring that apple over. I'm going to use the glaive. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is Frodo's sword? Sting? Yep. Sting. Yeah. Yeah. See, I thought about that, and I'm like, that is cool. But and then you I... could think of, oh, well, the one ring would fit, but no, really, the one ring is designed as a weapon. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. And, and that gets into that gray area, right? But but sure. I, I would say that the one ring is kind of a... Uh, it is It was designed as a weapon, even though it's hidden mm. as right. not a weapon. Right, exactly. Right. Does the one ring have power over flight rings? Is the one no. ring. It's one ring to rule them all. Yeah, man. And in the darkness, bind but, them. If but the nerd. them that it refers to are <laughs> if the orcs. DC universe no, actually, it's the other rings. Over with you, have rings. Rings. you have to read the Selmarillion oh. and see if oh, the man. other rings that were given to the elves, the dwarves, and men can fly, oh. and then you'll know. So if like the DCU crossed over with Tolkien, the One Ring couldn't wipe out the Green Lanterns. Probably not. That would, unless, be, that would be great. Unless though. Sauron <laughs> made wipe out the unless Sauron made the very first ring. Yeah. And maybe the purple lanterns. Maybe knock out a few lanterns to where we don't have so freaking many lanterns. Oh, yeah, there's lanterns. a lot of lanterns out there. Get on that, 3600. Yeah, Jeff Johns. 3600 times seven cores. Ah, yeah, it's too many lanterns. Way to go, Jeff Johns. That's why we need one ring to rule them all. There you go. Yeah, that's the orange ring, actually. Oh. Yeah. Actually, Larflees now has a core. Oh. Well, boop. Rodrigo, what do you have as your number one? <laughs> My number one, I would argue, is actually more practical than the ones that have been discussed before. What? What? Um, in, uh, in a particular work of fiction, in the future, there are these things that are available. They're very expensive. But they're the sort of thing that if you have the time, the money, and a little sample of DNA, you can get this. You can get it tailored to you. You can get it tailored to your child. Um, and then you can basically go through life with this incredibly useful thing. Google talk- Glass is real, not fantasy. I'm talking about... <laughs> this is better than Google Glass. <laughs> I'm talking about genetically engineered dinosaurs with a psychic empathic link to you, as seen in Runaways. Okay. So, think about this. You could have your very own dinonychus looking monster which doesn't want to eat you because you're automatically friends because it's been genetically designed to like be on the same wavelength as you and you can <laughs> hang out with them. 
Can I have Ankylosaurus instead of Dynamicus? Yeah, sure. I think, and that's the thing is like these these are genetically modified dinosaurs, so they are probably a man. They're going to be a manageable size. Mm -hmm. So even if you want a very large dinosaur, they can find either a smaller. So a big old Brachiosaurus would be just like so. It would be like maybe the size of a car at most. Yeah, forty feet long. Right, right. (laughs) So yeah, you can you can get it uh, it designed and uh, delivered to you. And then use your thought brain to uh, <laughs> have it kill your enemies. <laughs> yes. So again, you know, in the book they do use it as a weapon, but yeah, yeah more it, of a companion. It doesn't have to be that way. This yeah. is a this is a companion, and this is you know a creature that's going to be stronger than you, faster than you, so can be very useful. Kind of like having a you know seeing eye dinosaur. Oh, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, Zach. My number one. When in comparison to the previous three, <laughs> does not top any of them. <laughs> what? No way. Yeah, Zach uh, went alphabetical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number one practical sci-fi item that I would like to have is design was designed as a testing chamber t- for you to try to find some cake. The cake was a lie, but the thing was real in my life. It oh, is no. a portal gun. While well, it says gun, not really a weapon. Um, I mean, you can use it, its capabilities to, to manage harm upon turrets and stuff, people. But, um, I mean, anything can really be within, used as a within weapon. The, within the context of the game, you use it more as transportation yeah. than a weapon. And that's right. what I would really like, is to say, hey, I want to go sit on the toilet right now. I don't want to stand up. <laughs> I shoot this wall. <laughs> I shoot <laughs> that wall. I'm sitting on the toilet. <laughs> really, the, the, the thing about the portal gun is that you really want the matching like uh, leg supports. Mm, that prevent you absolutely. from accidentally killing yourself if you <laughs> fall too far. Yeah, that would be a good uh, add-on to the weapon as a whole. But uh, if I could only have that gun, I would use it uh, wisely. I just wouldn't start shooting stuff and randomly jumping through portals. I'd be precise about it to make sure I didn't uh, fall into some endless loop that eventually just crushed me due to speed or anything. Uh, but that's what I would like, the portal gun. Okay, there you go, everybody. Five practical fantasy sci-fi items. Wait, why just five, Stephen? Why not? Because that's what the show is, top five. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you were discounting all of ours again. Well, no, he, I'm he still, was. I'm still upset about <laughs> Cannoli. Yeah. Yeah, we all are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Skippy the Jedi droid? Well, there I you told go. you. Don't get into Wikipedia, man. You. It's a it's a giant uh, black hole that you will never emerge from. Uh, I warned you. I told you not to go. Didn't listen. Uh, Didn't listen. But you know what, listeners? Now that you've listened to us, you need to head over to Majorspoilers.com and in the comment section of this episode, share your top five practical fantasy or sci-fi items that are not weapons and uh, give us some justifications for why yours are on your list and then everybody else can read theirs and comment on yours and nod their heads thoughtfully in contemplation as they're riding on the bus or in the office or um, in the elevator um, and they might just 
tap the person next to them and point to your item and say, look how practical that would be. Why aren't we getting on that right now? And the person next to them would say, you're right. Let us do something about this. You guys ever watch any uh, iteration of the Tomorrow People? The Tomorrow People. It was a British show. They they had, like, these belts that, like, allowed them to teleport and stuff. But you kind of had to already be psychic to use them. Mm. That almost almost made it on my list. But I'm like, well, you kind of have to be psychic Mm. to begin with for that to boost your psychic powers. Uh, In in the iteration I saw, anyway. I know there's, like, 17 of them. Mm. (laughs) Okay. Maybe that'll be on somebody's list, Rodrigo. Mm. Can't wait to see them. Why? Because everybody loves a list. We will see you next time on Top 5. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash Major Spoilers. 